0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: One thing was obvious last night, the Packers are for real, the 49ers are banged up. What could be less obvious is who is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and the only reason I say that is because there are so many great choices. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Good Friday morning to you. All right, here we go. Let's get right to it. Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 173 yards, one touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, 305 yards, four TDs. They have been magic together. Devontae's missed some time with a hamstring injury, but yesterday after balling out, he essentially said straight up when asked, "Are you the best wide receiver in football?"
2: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's not a that's not being conceited. That's just being confident. I think um, you know, obviously what I've what I've done and um what I'm going to continue to do is going to prove that um, to anybody who, who isn't on board with that. But I, I truly believe that uh, just based off of the,
3: the work that I put in at the end of the day, uh, I'll tell you, yes, absolutely. I, I think I'm the
4: best wide receiver in the, in the game. But um, there's a lot of things that go into me being able to, to, to make that statement.
1: It's quite a statement he made on the field last night. Keys watching some of the routes he was running last night, just burning the 49ers secondary, which didn't have mm. Richard Sherman in there last night. We well, just... I
2: don't think Richard Sherman wanted any parts of that last night. <laughs> yeah. And I love Rich. That's my man. But yeah, I don't know if he wanted to see that.
1: See these numbers real quick on Devontae Adams. So 53rd overall pick in the 2014 NFL draft. So that would make him a second-round pick in 2014. He's been in the league seven years. It took five years until he finally cracked the vaunted 1,000- yards for a season he's been great but a little banged up so we want to know is Devonte adams right is he the best wide receiver in the nfl or straight up who is that's what we want to know from you on the dr pepper call in line at 888 say espn or key jnz on twitter if that's easier for you who is the best wide receiver in the nfl line up the phone calls line up the tweets we'll get to your thoughts in just a second but key let's get your top five let's see where adams fits in there
2: Well, I mean, if you go for me, obviously I look at my nephew and and I'm never going to go against what I believe he truly is. Um, He's a difference maker. I don't give a damn what anybody says about his route running for that matter. And And, you know, you look at that, they don't pay you $20 million and let you catch 149 balls if you're not legit. DeAndre Hopkins, clearly the same sort of, Way I feel about Michael Thomas, I feel about DeAndre Hopkins. the same way I feel about DeAndre Hopkins. I feel about Julio Jones. same way I feel about Julio Jones. I feel about about Devonte Adams. Those four guys, for me, are all interchangeable if they were on the board. I'm not crying if I miss one. I'm like, okay, cool, who's next? Who's next? Then the fifth guy is emerging guy in, in DK. Metcalf, who's young, who is a beast who's averaging 20 yards of reception. I mean, he's huge, he's strong, he's fast. All of those things. The only thing that he needs to continue to do is polish the route tree one to nine. He needs to go from one to nine and just polish it.
1: What Be- does that mean? One to nine.
2: Well, it's the route tree. It's it's different routes depending on the mm-hmm. systems you're in. A nine route is a go route. Typically, it's zero. You start at zero, which is most likely like a hitch. Then you go to a one. Is an out of two, it's, it's end. a two? Is isn't in a slant, A three is an out. You kind of go through the tree in different numbers dictate what route it is. So nine's like a straight go. Yeah, straight go. Eight would be a post, but then it could be, uh, depending on the system, you could call it eight, and it might be a skinny post opposed to a big post over the top. Just depends on the system.
1: By the way, real quick before Jay jumps in, they replaced your law firm photo with a photo of you playing at SC wearing number three. There it is for me. The- well, that's
2: better. They had me looking like I was getting ready for court or something to defend somebody. <laughs> I didn't like it's that. It's part of our law firm. What are you no, talking I didn't, about? No, I didn't like that. It, on it that didn't Jay, have me looking right. On
1: that, is the jury still out? on Devontae Adams being the best receiver in
2: football.
4: You know, I, look, I, I know we haven't seen a lot of Michael Thomas this year, but I feel like we're about to get a, a pretty heavy dosage. Would you consider that key?
2: I think I think he's going to play this week. It seems like he has some limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday. I don't know. I haven't talked to him, but it just seems like all the information coming out of New Orleans camp between Adam Schefter and what Sean Payton is saying is like he's on track to play unless he gets some sort of setback. Now, look. Again, all these guys are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephon Diggs is a hell of a player. There's no question about it. But for me, I like these five guys. I don't dislike Mike Evans or Keenan Allen. Or I just, when you say five, I only got five spots. Somebody got to come off, and right?
4: You also don't have Tyreek Hill in there because he's... He's a special he's, box, yeah, man. Special, I don't okay, even... Okay, right.
2: Tyreek Hill is like a... You know, when you start saying... In basketball, for instance, Jay Will, you say, well, who's the best point guard? Like, I don't consider Steph Curry a point guard. Hmm. He's, a he's a special case. Yeah. You say point guard. Now, Kyrie Irving is a point guard to me. That's a point guard. You know, or or Chris Paul is a point guard. Where uh, uh, Steph, he's like a special box over there somewhere all by itself. and that's Tyreek Hill. Because people will say, well, how can that be Tyreek Hill? Man, you crazy. You... Man, I'm not talking about. Tyreek Hill is a receiver. He's a special category. That's all. And, and Zubin, OBJ you, is hurt. OBJ is hurt. He's yeah. not playing the rest of the year. Or else There'll be conversations around if he was healthy. Is he a top-flight receiver?
4: And Zubin, you brought up the point in our first hour where you made mention of all the quarterbacks that are actually playing alongside all these top-five wide receivers, and they're pretty special quarterbacks.
2: Right. Well, Drew,
1: well, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, all those guys, right? Aaron Rodgers...
2: But all of these guys that I just talked about, despite who's throwing to them, they're going to ball regardless. They're going to go get it. They're going to go get it regardless. DeAndre Hopkins was playing with, I don't even, his list of quarterbacks, he put me to shame. You, said, you know his list of quarterbacks outside of Deshaun Watson in Houston? Right. The trash that he was operating with? Tom Savage. Savage and Ryan Mallett and just some just straight-up hot garbage. But then he goes and he gets Deshaun. Rest is history. He goes to Kyler Murray. Murray, rest is history. So it, th- these guys can play with anybody. They just, that's who they are.
1: Any thoughts on his top five? Does he leave anybody out? You, you, Mike Evans was a guy that you wanted to talk about from a pass-catching well, perspective. Well, I said
4: Mike Evans, but I, I think then you get into this, like I, I'm not really crazy hot on that, though. You know, it's like the people that he's made mention of, like these are all five unique, special My, individuals.
2: Mike, you know, it's if, like, if Mike Evans is on the board, let's say all five of these dudes are gone. They're gone. And Mike Evans is sitting there. You think I'm crying I need a box of tissue? Hell no. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with Mike Evans. Again, there's nothing wrong with Stefan Diggs. It's just that these five, to me, are simply unique in their own ways.
1: That's all. Let's get the fellas weighing in. Once again, Dr. Pepper call in line. Hit us up, 888 ESP, And simply put, who's the best receiver in the NFL? Key says Michael Thomas. Who do you
2: say? Yeah, I say Michael Thomas, and I'm always say Michael Thomas. (laughs) It's my damn nephew. What am I going to do? Blood (laughs) is thicker than water. This is true. And he's a baller. He is. He is.
1: Who's the best wide receiver in the NFL? Chris in Tennessee, who do you got?
3: So I'd like to say Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons is the best wide receiver in the NFL because he commands either a double team, pass interference, holding,
2: or a touchdown. Plain and simple. No, he, and, and here's what Chris is right about. See, I love people that kind of understand football. Is he's right. He affects the game in many ways. I mean, he doesn't have to have a reception, right? And I, and I remember this because Bill Parcells always said, yeah, he doesn't, you don't have to have a wide open separation to throw him the ball. Something good is going to happen when the ball goes his way. It's either going to be a holding, a pass interference, or he's going to come down with it. The thing that Julio has to get better at, or not Julio, but the Atlanta Falcons, is they got to figure out how to get him going in the red zone. They don't. It's like he should be having like 10 touchdowns a year, but for whatever reason, and I think it's because they do double him in there a lot in the red zone, so he doesn't get an opportunity to get a lot of balls, jump balls, things of that nature that you can take advantage of in the red zone with him.
1: Lewis in Texas, you're on ESPN Radio. Who's the best receiver in the NFL?
3: I got D-Hop. I think, uh, like Keyshawn said, the list of receivers he had has been, been you can name them. So I think if you give him a good, uh, uh, a good quarterback, excuse me, if you give him a good quarterback, I think he'll explode even more than what he's doing now.
1: Good point, Knox in Washington. You're on ESPN Radio. Who is the best receiver in the NFL?
3: Yeah, so I like the guy's take on Julio Jones, but right now, if you're talking the same thing. D.K. Metcalf from Seattle, uh, and if we're going with full body of work for the best receiver in the game, hands down, bar none, Larry Fitzgerald.
2: Well, Larry Fitzgerald is out of the equation. We're not even—he's already in the Hall of Fame, man. We're not even thinking about little Damn, Larry Fitzgerald—he yeah. he did that 20 years ago. D.K. Metcalf is on his way. He's certainly emerging on his way. I mean, this week is going to be big against. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills, you know, he gets an opportunity to get a top-line corner, and so we'll see. Well, Keith, can I
4: say this? I know you have your list, and obviously Michael Thomas doesn't have a big body of work, D. Hop does, but would you say out of everybody on your list, though, Devontae Adams is playing the best currently right now? I know that's how you rank them, but – you have to make a case Devontae Adams is playing the best currently out of all the five. He's
2: been players. hot the last couple weeks. Yeah, there's no question about okay. it. He's certainly been hot, but so has Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs is balling too. I was and just D- saying out of your list. DK though. Metcalf is balling. Lockett is balling. I mean, you could you can argue a lot of different receivers.
1: All those guys will be on the same
2: field. By the way, Sunday. How about and, that? Wow. A, a, a lot wow. of them are going to be on the same field. But also, what? And I, and I had this conversation with Laura Rutledge the other day uh, offline when we were talking during the studio about how you talk about certain guys. And I, what I always tell you, Jay, is follow the money. Follow the money. I know when, said you said that multiple follow, times. How much money are you paying that guy? If you paying that guy at the top of that position, that tells me something. That tells me you think he's that good, the value. So when you look at these receivers, Julio's, the Michaels, the 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 D hops, the, the soon to be Devontae Adams will be in that twenty plus million dollar receiver category. That tells me that he's a top dude because you're not just paying top dudes that not that's not top dudes, guys, that's just bodies. You're not doing it.
1: Henry in California, you're on ESPN radio. Who's the best wide receiver in the NFL?
0: Okay, so I heard all your
3: tops. I'm just asking you to think about Lockett in Seattle. I know DK Metcalf. I think he's number one, but Lockett, that man catches everything. You know, Henry,
2: here's what I'll say about Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett has always been good, right? There's no question about it. He falls, for me, he falls in a category similar to Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. where he kind of gets his own little special box, because you could do so many different things with him. He can return kicks and punts. If you need him to run reverses, he can run reverses. If you want to run slip screens with him, you can run slip screens with him. If you want him to lift the coverage, he can lift the coverage. So it's all a little special box for a unique guy. You want to play him in the slot to take advantage of a linebacker in a scheme that you feel you could take advantage of? You do that with him. So certain receivers fall into their own little category.
1: Fair enough. Now, John in Virginia is on ESPN Radio. We're asking the question, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL? But, John, you got a question yourself.
3: Well, I, I actually have a couple of questions for you. One key just said follow the money. But if you look at the Dallas Cowboys and what Cooper's getting paid, I don't think you can really follow the money there for the best receiver. But my question is, well, who when is he got, the best got when he
2: got receiver? paid the money, He was one of the best receivers. Since then, (laughs) things have tailed off for the Dallas Cowboys.
3: I can understand that, that's for sure. My question is, and I'm going to hang up and and listen to you guys, who is the best receiver that doesn't have a future Hall of Fame quarterback throwing to them right now?
2: I would probably say Hmm. it would be Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. And even though Jared, 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 Jared Goff is still early in his career, who knows at the end if he's going to go to a Hall of Fame. I mean, he's certainly putting up Hall of Fame numbers in his career. You know, the numbers, the longevity will certainly be that. And that's what I would say. And right now with Murray, I mean, Murray's out to a great
1: start, but you can't call him a surefire Hall of who Famer. Who is that? Kyler Murray for DeAndre oh, no, Hopkins. You can't call him at that point, right? No, it's
4: I'm not. It's too early. No, no. Same with I'm Josh not. Allen. Like, Stephon Diggs, what he's doing right now is.
2: Yeah, but I'm not. They don't. don't no. No, all not right. at
1: all. Let's go to Nate in Connecticut. I want to switch it up here. Nate in Connecticut's on ESPN radio. Nate in Connecticut is on board with the bold statement we heard last night. Good morning.
3: Hey guys. Thanks for taking the call. Um, maybe a little bit of recency bias after watching the <laughs> game last night, but uh, definitely on board with the Bonte Adams. I mean, he looks healthy and he man-to-man coverage. is not even fair. And then you look at the, the, the respect he gets from the defense you are talking about that earlier. I mean, look at the catches. Those guys had wide open touchdowns last night. And everybody's following Devontae Adams. So that's who I'm going with right now. Like you said, playing well right now, healthy. He just looks great.
2: And, and all of that is a part of, you know, when you get into these arguments, you try to tell people, it's like, man, when you're being double teamed and you're paying in the defense, even if they're not w and they're looking at you and they're sliding over to you, it lifts the coverage. It takes the pressure off. The next guy so when you talk about green bay and aaron Rodgers needing receivers he doesn't all he needs is a body or two that can catch the football he doesn't need will fuller he doesn't need to have two number ones because he got devontae adams one guy manages to take advantage and coverage away from everybody else
1: andy in tennessee from fuller as a current texan to a former texan who's a west wide receiver in football
3: uh, I'd go with DeAndre Hopkins. He's got the stats. Like Keyshawn pointed out, he had multiple quarterbacks, played for two teams. He can block. He's very durable. Um, and to be honest with you, he doesn't have to brag about it. DeAndre, uh I mean, uh, Devontae had to come out and brag about it. You don't hear DeAndre doing that.
2: Yeah, every, everybody skins a cat differently, though. It just Great. personalities are different. Just because he doesn't brag about it doesn't mean that he's not thinking that. And that that's just who D-Hop is. But, uh, again, all of these dudes – interchangeable. I mean, if if the Arizona Cardinals had Michael Thomas or Julio Jones, you think they'd be crying? And if New Orleans had DeAndre Hopkins, you think they would be crying? Of course not. No. So they're all interchangeable.
1: Fair enough. Starting Monday, November 9th, you can stream the Dan Lebertard Show with Stu Gotts, Greeny, the Max Kellerman Show, and Sinead Gullick Jr. live on ESPN+ along with live sports, exclusive originals, and more. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com, and as always, you can listen to ESPN radio stations all across the country on SiriusXM and the ESPN app. Let's open up the cash register. You hey, want to make a little money? Let's make some money out
0: here. What prop bets is Jay betting on this weekend, and which is he passing on? Hey, look, Mies is different than you. Jay will or Jay won't? Let's get this money
1: Let's get paid. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards, getting ready for a 9 a.m. kickoff in Los Angeles tomorrow. So crazy. When his ASU squad takes on Keys USC Trojans. We'll speak to Coach Edwards coming up here in 14 minutes. But let's begin with Jay will or won't. We'll set up these games, these interesting storylines, and then Jay will try to line your pocket with a little cash.
0: Though without you, there wouldn't be us, Bowl You complete me. Baltimore at Indianapolis.
1: Speaking of, one had to leave in the middle of the night so the other could have a team. That was way back in the day. All right, so here you go. Baltimore at Indianapolis. Lamar Jackson, total passing completions. Here is the number, Jay. Do you want to go over or under 18 and a half completions for Lamar in Indy?
4: He's been averaging 16 completions per game. I'm going to go under on this one you don't think you're going over
2: yeah i'm gonna go you're I'm going gonna, over i'm gonna go over
4: you think hollywood gets enough targets this game you don't think somebody, he needs to,
2: go to twitter afterwards and complain about it somebody will somebody will some somebody will step up and help lamar out in the passing game because philip rivers will be throwing the ball and they're going to want to show that lamar could throw against philip rivers as well Watch, well, watch what I, I, I tell I think you. I mean, the
4: Ravens going to win their defense, but that, 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 that says it all to you. Somebody, we, we don't even
2: know names, somebody, uh, Please the Lord, step up. I know Sneed is over there, Willie Sneed is over yeah, there. He got
4: kilt on K-I, the last possession. No,
2: K I L T. That's what I said, Kilt. Yeah, you got to. when you say Kilt, you got to follow that up with K I L T. Ah, Because right? okay. then they would think they that you. It. Yeah, they would get it because then they would think, uh-oh, right. he didn't botch the English.
1: Or the huge Scottish demo that is yes. really keeping ESPN Radio alive for the last 30-plus years. Over is at minus 115 for that number at 18 and a half. Jay says coming into the season, again, per game average slightly lower than that. Let's go.
0: The Week 2 MVPs game. Mr. Unlimited. Seattle at Buffalo.
1: Orlovsky special the yeah, MVP it, I was gonna game. Gonna say, <laughs> is it really the
4: week two MVPs game, as in plural, or is this one MVP uh, player candidate playing in this one? I- I'm going to go with the. I know you're saying Russell Wilson total passing touchdowns over two point five plus one fifty. I take the over on that. Josh Allen total uh, total passing touchdowns over one point five minus one fifty. I take the over on that too.
2: Yeah, I think you. I think shootout. I think, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout or not. I think the defense is getting healthy for Seattle, and certainly uh, they travel well. They play well on the road. When they come from west to east, for whatever reason, Seattle gets it done. They've always gotten it done. But I think when you talk about Ken Norton Jr., you talk about Pete Carroll dialing up the defense, trying to get that defense style, get it going. Jamal Adams is back in the lineup. This will be a little bit different football game for Josh Allen. They'll take away Stefan Diggs and make them do something else with the football.
0: He'll love
1: this. Here comes the first game of the audition.
0: Tua versus Cuda.
2: I like Kyler Murray as a player. Just watching him run around and stuff like that is, is, is as I would say, it's cute.
0: <laughs> Miami at Arizona.
2: <laughs> very, very adorable. <laughs> Total
1: passing touchdowns for Mr. Adorable. Over one and a half. The game will be yeah. in the desert on Sunday, Miami at Arizona. Jay Kyla Murray. Total passing touchdowns over under one and a half.
4: I'm gonna take over here. I'm gonna take over. I just I think between the way Kyla Murray's been playing, plus he's such a such a threat on the ground, I think that opens up the passing attack.
2: It it should open up the passing attack, but here's what I would say. If I'm Brian Flores, I'm taking away D-Hop. I'm going to make you throw the ball to Kristen Kirk. I'm going to make my safeties pay attention to Kristen Kirk over the top. I know Larry Fitzgerald is one of the better short route running receivers at his age right now in the National Football League. So if you do that, then that number may shrink. I still think he gets over Mm -hmm. one and a half touchdowns just because of the offense. They like to throw the ball all over the lot.
1: Last one. Uh-oh. The, word the don't call them hate. bus bowl. <laughs> New
0: York and Washington.
1: Uh, the don't call them bus bowl. This was our poll question yesterday, I by the believe.
4: way. I want to believe.
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so no worries. Uh, and, and this is, and, <laughs> sorry, I got to set you up here, Jay. Rubbing salt in the wounds here, Key. Normally, we're going with total passing, touchdowns, total completions. But for Daniel Jones, we got to go total interceptions. <laughs> Over a half, under a half. Does he throw one?
4: I want to say he's not gonna throw one, but after watching last time, last time they played against the Bucs, watching him throw for two bad passes, I actually think I'm gonna go under. I I hope that he can show a little bit more poise in the pocket, and as Key would always say, just throw the damn ball in the third row.
2: Yeah, but 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 here's what I would say. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of scratch that uh bet and just say turnovers. Okay. Because of the defensive front.
1: A lot of fumbles for this kid,
2: too. Yeah, a lot, a lot of sack fumble coming for, because of the Washington's defense up front. You, he's going to probably throw a pick or two or maybe three, but yeah. I can almost guarantee you, as Joe Feinbaum would say, guarantee you that he's going to fumble. I can almost guarantee you a sack fumble is coming. See, Tua's job is safe. Daniel
4: Jones, second year, turn the ball over at this rate. It's trending towards not safe. That's
1: true. Jones in year two, two has essentially played two games. Very interesting storylines surrounding both. Speaking of interesting, on the way, the Pac 12. Yeah. Kicking off tomorrow morning on the West Coast at 9 a.m. And the coach of one of the two teams who will be involved in that matchup, Herm Edwards, joins us next.
5: Passion, drive, and patience
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. G-Shawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The podcast.
1: Well, it'll be the complete opposite of Pac-12 after dark because it'll be Pac-12 in the morning. Arizona State getting set to take on Keys USC Trojans with, listen to this, and I'm going to say this slowly so I don't botch it, but it is correct, a 9 a.m. Pacific start time between Arizona State and USC. And it's a pleasure to welcome in Arizona State's head coach, Herm Edwards, who joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. But having worked with Herm for years at ESPN, he's up on the treadmill at 5 a.m. So he's not going to have to worry about, no, 9 a.m. isn't any early for Herm. Herm, we'll get to all the talk about the 9 a.m. kick and why the Pac-12 is doing it, your thoughts on it. But quickly, your thoughts on Cal and Washington, already a game off the board before the season begins for you all.
3: I feel bad for for both opponents, and and college football is that way right now when you think about there's been cancellations all through the season for teams that even started before we had started. A little bit of the problem we have is really not a lot of time to make those games up. So all of a sudden, right out the gate, uh, you get a postponement by two teams and just feel bad for the players and the coaches because there's so much you have to put into this to try to play. And then when something like this uh, pops up, there's really nothing you can do.
2: Herm, how about them Lakers and them Dodgers,
3: man? How about, how about them Lakers? How about them Lakers? Yes, yes, and the Dodgers. But I'm a Giant fan, Keith, so I got to make it. I, yes, the Lakers. I'm okay with. I'm, I'm a Laker guy, you know that. But but I'm, but, but I'm a Giant fan. But I, but I'm happy uh, for the Dodgers. I mean, they've been in it quite some time, and it is, it's is good to see them win the World Series again.
2: Yeah. Now, Herm, we talk about this late start at in college football. Everybody else kind of got going. I think we're the last big conference to get going. What does this do for us with this late start?
3: Well, I, I think one thing for us is that we're, we're in the mix uh, of playing football, and, and, and obviously there's two teams right now in our conference that, that, um, that are ranked already without even playing a game. You think about Oregon and USC. So that tells you something about the people looking at those two uh, football teams saying, look, if, if they can win out, then obviously they might have a chance, uh, you know, to to play in, in one of those uh, playoff uh, games. So it's kind of interesting when you look at it with only playing six games and maybe seven. Obviously, if you you know go go to the championship game, but uh, a lot of pressure uh, on every team in this conference in the fact that you don't have a lot of games and every game is important.
2: What has practice been like in preparation uh, this week, taking on USC, a team that narrowly got out of? asu last year with a victory for you guys especially if you want to get to the pac-12 title game
3: well i think our guys understand um you know who we're playing we played sc two years now that i've been here and it's always gone to the fourth quarter i mean both games uh, that were played in we won the first one uh, my first year here in the coliseum by three Uh, they got an early lead on us and did a fantastic job of putting up points early and then we kind of slowed it down and came back and had the ball at the end and lost by five. So uh, they've been close games in the fourth quarter, uh, very competitive games. And, you know, they, they have a football team with a lot of guys coming back, especially on offense as well as defense. You know this, key, Very, very talented. They have a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball.
4: How you doing, Herm? Jay Williams here, man. How you holding up? I'm
3: I'm doing well, my friend. You doing okay with those two
4: guys? And I, 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 you you're just trying to keep them in check, aren't you, man? You see, you see, Key has the USC varsity jacket on beside me now. It's every single day, man. I need you guys to come through. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's his alma mater, you know, and I get it. Me and Key go way back.
3: So, look, I, I get it. I mean, this is what's great about college football, regardless of when you graduated and. You know, you're always going to – you're pulling for your college team. You know, my problem is I went to a couple colleges, so I didn't just go to one.
4: <laughs> Herm, how do you guys, how do you guys get prepared for a game like this, considering it's your first game, but also maybe potentially the biggest game of the year?
3: Well, I, I just – you take it at that. It is the biggest game of the year because it's our first game. Huh. Uh, and I look at it that way. Uh, you know, I've always looked at games this way. Um, it's – it's every game's important. I, I, I think they are uh, because – when you start putting more importance on other games, I think you lose the sight of what football is all about. It's about how you play the day you play. And they're all important games. I mean, you don't prepare all this time. I mean, look, we've been out for, what, nine months. There's been a lot of preparation to go into playing a football game. You know, this is a funny sport. You actually practice more than you play. And so, for me personally, every game is important. I mean, if not, why do you play? Why do you have a schedule?
2: All guests join us on the Shell All Performance Line. Coach Herm Edwards is joining us on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Herm, how do you how did you prepare on Election Day with all everything that's going on with your kids? What did you guys do on your day off?
3: Well, we actually on Tuesday we knew it was coming. The whole the whole Pac-12 uh, decided on Election Day that we were going to give uh, the conference athletes, uh, you know, a day off. And um, we just treated it like a Monday. So Monday we came to work where generally you're off on Monday and you start Tuesday. So we just flipped it. They practiced on Monday. Um, Tuesday they were off. Wednesday we got back to work Thursday. And now it is Friday here. And, and we're going to have a walk through here uh, shortly. <laughs> and then get on an airplane and go to L.A. And then have another. We had our COVID test this morning already. Then we'll have another, we're going to have another COVID test when we get there around 430 through 630. Um, bed check around ten o'clock, and then we have a five a.m. wake up call on Saturday morning <laughs> for pregame.
2: Mm. So, Herm, you've had a couple wide receivers here the last two years of going to go in the NFL draft: and kill Harry, the New England Patriots, and Brandon Ayak, uh, Ayuk. A- ayuk, yep. <laughs> uh go to San mm-hmm. Francisco. Now you got Frank Darby and my man Johnny Wilson, freshman out of Calabasas. How do they do in training camp?
3: They've been fine, and, and Johnny is, is the guy, and you know him. Key. You watched him play. Uh, uh, you know he, he's he's a talented a player. His size catches you by surprise a little bit how big he is, and he's pretty fluid. Uh, you know, being that big of an athlete he has a big catch radius, which is always good. And, and Frank has kind of been a guy that, that that's kind of you know been in the background a little bit, but now with Nikhil leaving and obviously Ayuk leaving. Um, He's the guy that has all the experience at the receiver uh, position because, really, we're young at receiver. He's the one with all the experience. We only have one senior, it happens to be Frank. All the rest of those guys are either freshmen or sophomores.
4: Herm, how important has your relationship with Jaden Daniels been? Uh, Obviously, last year, you guys both were together Mm -hmm. trying to get over uh, winning eight games, but it seems like that's a pretty unique establishment of a relationship.
3: Well it is, and I think anytime you're the head coach, you're going to be tied to the quarterback but but he's a special young man uh I, I like his poise, he has tremendous poise uh and you know and he's he's about ball I mean he's starting to learn how to become a leader. That was the big thing for him this year. I told him I said now you you got to step into more of a leadership role because it's your football team we're building this offense around you so we meet every morning. He comes in every morning around seven thirty, and we have our little chat. and We kind of talk, and then he he looks at his phone because you know he's getting all these kids get all these texts. You know, they're looking at their phone. And I said, Jaden, and he, you know, we talk for about ten minutes every morning. So uh, he's a good young man. I mean, and he's a good football player as well.
2: Herm, you know, I'm expecting for your defense to be lights out, one of the top ten defenses in college football, and here's why: you got Marvin Lewis. You got A.P. Antonio Pierce. You got Chris Hawkins over there. And you got Donnie Henderson on the defensive side of the ball. What do you think your defense will look like with all of that experience coaching them up?
3: Well, I think the philosophy is real simple for us, Key, is is like don't make it too complicated for the players to play and and let and allow them to play free. Now, we, we want to do this. Uh, we want to make sure – that we put them in position uh, to be successful, whether it's the D line linebackers and, and the secondary. And I think the the unit has to be coordinated. This is going to be fun to watch because it's really a little bit of a brand new offense, to be quite honest, really brand new. And and defense, we went from a three three five, which SC is running now, to a, to a, you know traditional four four three defense. So that's kind of unique with a nickel back, and and so it's going to be fun to watch uh, both these. Defense as well as the offense kind of come together this season to watch how it unfolds.
1: Mm. Pac twelve is back sooner rather than later. Later rather than sooner, <laughs> whatever you want to say. It is back and it'll be back bright and early. You gotta set the alarm for the early morning kickoff, the exact opposite of Pac twelve after dark. Pac twelve with the Cappuccino. Thank you very much, Herm. Best of luck tomorrow.
2: Man, go get him, Herm. Thank go you, get him. Good luck.
1: You
4: guys be well. God bless you now. Thank you. Same to you. Great this to have her. It's our old teammate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because you were for Herm, both, man. Her, Herm is incredible.
2: Herm is, is is my guy, but you know he he can afford to take a L for me, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but if he wins, I'm like, cool. I'm, you know, it's like I really don't want him to win, but I, I want him to win.
1: Right. It's the key kinda... thing, of course, is they're both in the Pac-12 South, so that's really makes it interesting. It's not like. They're in the opposite division. This is, for bragging rights early on, as Jay said, one of the more important games in the division we'll have all year. This is some breaking news we're going to be following, guys. I want to get your opinion on this. You don't have to be a baseball fan to weigh in on this one. As expected, which sounds crazy to say when I'm about to say the next sentence, the Boston Red Sox have rehired former manager Alex Cora. According to multiple reports, you may, of course, remember, Cora led the Red Sox to the 2018 World Series title but mutually agreed to part ways with the club because he was the bench coach of the Houston Astros in 2017 and was seen as the uh, mastermind of their sign-stealing scandal, which continues to obviously affect the Astros to this day. Ron Renneke took over for Alex Cora. The Red Sox had a disastrous season in 2020. They weren't going to bring Renneke back under any circumstances, and we're going to continue to talk about this throughout the remainder of the morning. But key, the fact that this hire is not surprising is a little head-scratching.
2: Well, it's, it really isn't surprising because clearly they wanted to hire him and when the, the position became available, that was one of the first names that was floated out there. It's a lot of baggage, I mean, I, though. What you going to do, man? It's Major League Baseball, clearly, right? They, they, uh, A.J. Hinch was hired. He's hired. Soon the general manager will be hired. I mean, it's just, you know.
4: It just reward You get rewarded whatever. for doing that. We won our
2: World Series this year.
4: I'm good now. But that, that's that's my problem with baseball. I mean, that, that's just not baseball though. That's I feel like that's in life these days where you can do something like that and then get a pay raise right. eventually for doing something like that. And,
2: okay. uh, I, I don't. What are you gonna do, Jay? No, we can scream. We can holler. We can kick. We can jump on the tables. Clearly, they feel like he served his little one game, one year suspension. Uh right, come on back.
1: Fair enough, and for those that didn't follow last week, Cora's boss, A.J. Hinch, who was the manager of the Astros when the sign-stealing fiasco happened, actually was hired as the manager of the Detroit Tigers, and the uh, general manager of the Tigers, Al Alveola, basically said, because remember, Hinch's suspension was until the end of the baseball season. He said, 30 minutes! After the Dodgers won the World Series, 30 minutes, he got on the phone and said, come on to Detroit, I want to do an interview with you. So to Jay's point, sometimes it just doesn't matter. If they like you, they like you. Just cheat. You'll get a pay raise. No matter the circumstances. Much more on this story (laughs) on the way, including the real numbers. It has nothing to do with baseball. The real numbers on why Cora was rehired. Wait till you hear this. We'll have our smart picks on the way, as well as we do every Friday in sports and movies.
5: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the
1: podcast. Let's get right to it, starting with... The Smart Picks, which are brought to you by Redbox, our friends at Redbox. The Smart Picks in sports. Let's get your quick thoughts. The Smart Pick in sports this week, and then the Smart Pick in movies, and then the big breaking news that the Red Sox have rehired Alex Cora. Key, you're up. Smart Pick in sports.
2: I'm going to take Clemson. I'm going to take Clemson over Notre Dame. I think that's a Smart Pick, even though DJU, I didn't want to screw it up, Um, is going into a hostile environment without fans is still Notre Dame. Under the lights, big time game for him. But I think he can handle it. Much like Brian Kelly said, the offensive line is there, but he doesn't need them because he's a terrific young freshman quarterback that led them on a comeback against Boston College a week ago. Now he gets a second full week at the quarterback spot. Hey, man, plug and play. That's what Clemson has done for years at the quarterback spot under Dalbo Sweeney. Really surprised you didn't pick your jacket. No, yeah, because I don't I, it's and you know, I don't wanna just keep being A USC homer. Well, uh, Huh. Yeah, I mean you're allowed to. Aren't That's you a, a Duke guy? Yeah, yeah, I would love if Duke was so, on the
4: schedule, I, I mean if the
2: basketball well, was on nev- the schedule. They ain't gonna never be on a smart uh smart pick schedule for football. But anyway. We're okay. Go ahead. Neither man.
4: will USC for basketball. We're good. Uh, I'll go with the uh the Saints and the Bucks. The Tom Brady revenge game.
1: Hard to top that one.
4: Yeah, that, that's going to be mine. I'll go for Florida-Georgia.
1: It's the other top 10 matchup in college football no one's talking about because everybody's talking the cocktail. about Uyangalile. I know you're jealous of that. All right, so the smart
4: Uyangalale. pick. see Georgia. I see you. See
1: you. <laughs> the smart pick on Redbox movie-wise is Antebellum from the same producers of Get Scary. Out and Us. Watch Antebellum for under $2 a night right now at Redbox. Did you know the idea for Antebellum happened? As a result of a nightmare that the director and the writer of the film, Gerard Bush, had, he and director Christopher Wrenz mm. then developed that nightmare into the thriller, Antebellum. It Our was smart real. picks that keep you up at night post Halloween scary. You know Let's what? I want to
2: switch mine. Can I switch mine? Go ahead. I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking the Bulldogs okay. of Georgia. Way to go, Georgia. That's a good thing. Let's go. <laughs> All right. We'll Let's the, go, Bulldogs. We'll see if
1: the mailman delivers on Saturday. We'll see if Stetson Bennett delivers. Here we go. Movies <laughs> that keep you up at night. Here we go. Get out. Classic,
4: right? Uh, a recent classic. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Younger yeah. people love it. Yeah, uh, huh, huh, the ring. I don't. know. It's just the she. Her coming out of the whole when she came out with the yeah, hair the ring, down. That's unreal. Yeah, so yeah. I can't. That, I, but go ahead. Okay. Keep going. All right. Oh, I like. To, I know what you did last
1: summer. That's a classic. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You <laughs> 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 got it, really excited for that. No, it is. Well, that's a good. Ago, one. Yeah. It was a big
2: one. What was it? E. What's her, the actress? Uh, Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell, Campbell. Yeah. That that. But that's. Real, breathing on the phone, playing with people like that. That's real I like real horror. I it's don't like, like that fake like horror. That didn't
4: scream to me. Kind of same boat. Children of the Corn, last one. Yes, yeah. Children
2: of the Corn. That, I'm with Children of the Corn. Yeah, that there it. scares you. It's like being a kid. See, when I was growing up, never walked past any empty parking lots and fields. And when you get dropped off, you know, you want to make sure if you got to walk a certain block or something, you want to make sure you walk in the middle of the street. Not on the edges, near trees and sidewalks. Walk in the middle of the street late at night going home. Yeah, because I can't, it's scary.
4: I can't deal with stuff like that. Even Pet cemetery. My dad has a sick sense of humor. He would laugh when a little kid gets hit. And he's like, no fair. Like, I, I can't. I can't watch. See,
2: children of like the corn, though, you just. Cornfields and stuff like that. That's just not, you know, grab you and pull you into the corn. I don't feel comfortable anywhere around That's corn real, fields, though. No. It's weirdos out there. As I was talking to you about just in Los Angeles growing up as a kid, you had the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, which was the Night Stalker, the walk-in killer, all that. The Hillside Strangler, that stuff is real. I don't like that.
1: This is real. Last minute of the show, the Red Sox have rehired Alex Cora. They had their worst winning percentage since 1965. Their TV ratings plummeted 59%. They're one of the biggest brands and most popular teams in all of sports. It has plummeted. The new guy in charge, a guy named Chaim Bloom, in my opinion, hired Alex Cora because he did not want to see somebody else hire Alex Cora and have the amount of success he should have been having in Boston so in the second like round. I do. I think he did it because he knows what Cora is capable of doing and he didn't want to see oh, Cora he is doing it. capable in, of doing things. just cheating. <laughs> hmm. So that's the deal. Alex Cora has been rehired as manager hmm. of the Boston Red Sox after leading them to the 2018 title but resigning in disgrace after being the mastermind of the Astros scandal.
4: Huh, so win, resign cheat
0: then come back for more money and win. Cheater, cheater, liar,
2: liar, cheater, cheater. See you Monday.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes